What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Welcome, welcome. This is Still Human, Kathy Keegan, Elaine Williams, and we wanted to start a podcast, especially calling it Still Human because we love coaching and we love transformational work, and we are both really amazing coaches and speakers, etc. And yet there are times when we're like, I can't seem to coach myself. And so we were always like laughing and we were working on stories together and we we're like, I think this is supposed to be a podcast. So we went in to do like a comedic look at business, entrepreneurship, life, and uh, coaching and comedy. So here we are. Welcome. Welcome. If you're new to the podcast and if you're not welcome, thanks for coming back. Please share this because I think we need some comedy right now in the world. Like, oh my God. Oh my God, Kathy. We need comedy. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm calling this our full blue moon pre-election podcast that actually, that actually drops on election day, you know? And um, I'm reading this book right now called The Body Keeps the Score by this guy, it's Bessel van der Kolk or something. It's been around for a while. And um, so I just, yeah, welcome everybody. Um, if you're feeling a little bit splat, uh, down, up, anything, just wanna welcome you to today's podcast. And um, hoping that we can bring a little bit of um, humor into your lives um, because, you know, one of the things I'm noticing, Elaine, is how hard it is to sort of see things as funny when you sort of feel like you have these moments where you feel like, oh my God, is this all crashing down on me? And then I have to remember, no, just for 30 seconds it is. And then we go back to our normal programming, right? Well, I I love that you brought that up. And, you know, Kathy and I, we talk a lot about, it's all about the reframe and also redirect because- I know I, um, I try to avoid the news, but uh, sometimes I, I allow myself to get sucked in and then I can find myself in the toilet, um, on the ledge, whatever you want to call it. And um, this week has been especially hard. We, my sister is having to bury her mother-in-law this morning, today. This woman was like a steel magnolia. I mean, she, we called her Graham's. She was just this tiny little woman raising five boys, married to a man who was never there emotionally or physically. So she did it on her own. James, Jeffrey, John, Jerry, Jason, (laughs) which is a special kind of hell if you're mad at, you know, but, but they all adored her and she was just this strong steel magnolia. And I'm so honored to have known her and we just loved her. And something about death, you know, there's just been, people are getting sick again. We, you know, we're losing people. We're having this, this wave of COVID and, you know, what comes to mind, I have that, you know, what's the point sometimes of like, oh my God, 
And I guess I've been praying and meditating extra because that helps me. And I think what I've come to the conclusion, at least in this moment, is, you know, we don't know when we're going to go. But I can control my what is affecting my mindset. I can control what I put in my body and if I remember to stretch it and work it out. And I can control, um, you know, I want to do things that I find meaningful and give back. And of course, like everybody, I'm growing my business and I need some money to pay my bills. But once those basic needs are, are you know, met, like I want to use my force for good. I want to help people laugh and breathe. And that doesn't mean that I'm discounting any of the pain that's happening because it is, it is real and it is a lot right now. Um, but I know that when I can bring some humor or some breath to it, ah, I feel like we can get through. And so, you know, that's, that's where I kind of am. Like there's so much craziness and hatred and vitriolic blah, blah, blah. But there's also beauty and love and kindness. And I, I'm feeling it all. Well, and, 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 Hatred and vitriol are loud words. They are loud. You know, um, other things are not as loud. Now, I was thinking of something this morning because um, the, everything that you're talking about, um, in the midst of it, I'm doing this 10, the seven day, it's sort of election sanity challenge with 10% happier. They don't pay me, but it's just, a, it's a good meditation app. I enjoy it. There are a bunch of others too. Calm is a good one. Oh, that's the guy, 10% happier. Yeah, Dan Harris. He's the one who got all verklempt and pretty much had a meltdown, breakdown on, on television with about 5 million viewers watching. Um, and so he, he, anyway, he created this, um, this app with some great, great meditation teachers. But one of the things they were talking about was sympathetic joy. And one part of me was like, how can you talk about joy at a time like this? And then I thought, how can you not? I have a cat who's hilarious. I mean, she scampers around the house. There's joy right there. And when I think about sympathetic joy, what she's talking about is this idea of thinking of something that gives you joy, like watching your cat roll around or attack things or whatever, whatever is adorable to you, that, um, that you, can, you, can, you can call that into being just like you can call something scary into being, just like you can call something else into being. The re main reason I was thinking of this is because Elaine and I wanted to have a list for each other of questions because at the top of my list is Elaine's joie de vivre. Today's vocabulary word is joie de vivre, um, which is joy of living. And this is Elaine. Elaine is joie de vivre. So when I think of things and people who are joyful, she is one of those people. And this is in spite of the fact that she's human and has a whole range of emotions. But the overall being, the energy that I get from Elaine is that of joy and of real true joy and, and a love for life, a love for people that is absolutely, and I'm going to use the word authentic, because we can reclaim words that are powerful and mean something. So I just want to say that to you, my dear Elaine, because this is, you know, um, when we get together, it 
gives me an energy and and really I say this every time and it brings me helps bring me into being wow thank you Kathy that's that was so beautiful thank you <laughs> and it's so funny because some days I feel like I'm the grouch you know but I try to like you know I because I know I, I know I have I know that I can bring I can take a room down. Like I can walk in if I'm in a foul mood and I can suck the air right out. And I'm thank God for landmark education and learning. Like Elaine, do you want to lead people into the toilet with you? No, if I'm going to, if I'm in the toilet, let me just stay there by myself. You want to be the Pied Piper of bathrooms? No. Oh, <laughs> and that's why I love working with Kathy Keegan because she helps talk me off the ledge. We have, we have ledge talk 101. Um, we haven't had to do that much lately, but. And here's the thing. You can pick your ledge. You know, I, I think there's a lot of choice here, right? You know, because there's, there are ledges that are like the cliffs of Dover. And then there are ledges like the one in, um, is it Ace Ventura pet detective where he goes to some party and he's on a ledge that's like basically four inches off the ground, but it's a ledge. And he treats it as though they're playing Mission Impossible music. And he's treating it as though it is the cliffs of Dover. Just, you know, 600 feet right down into the ocean. And it's four inches. And so there, there is choice that we have and choices that we can make and decisions that we can make. Um, and it may not seem that way. And especially now, you know, thinking of voting and all of that, you know, it, it, there is a lot of pressure to make it feel like it's not going to matter, you know, and there are a lot of instances of that. Like my dad's vote will cancel my vote, you know, so that's one way of thinking about it. But I'm also determined to vote because behind the scenes for me, it's just an important responsibility and it is something that I can do and I want to be able to do it because I don't want anyone to take that away from me. But it's a decision that I had to make because there, are, there you can come up with as many reasons to do something as you can to not do something. There's always a good reason to do video or not, or go work on your stand-up or do something scary or not. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, voting people died, women died, people died for this right, and I think it's incredibly important, even if. It, I, it can easily feel like, does it matter? You know, uh, but I'm like, yeah, it matters. It matters to you. It matters to how you relate to yourself. It matters. Well, and it's, and it's, it's also the secret to <clears throat> being able to live, live a good life, a contented life, um, is that the small stuff matters. It really does. And learning to celebrate those small wins and, and really, it can be hard in a very loud society that's talking about big things. They're talking, they're naming ships bigger and bigger ships. You know, it's we're running out of words that are big. It's like mega, super, ultra, whatever, right? And it's so hard. Like, how does, how, how does this little progress that I made this week by doing this for three days, how does that even matter in, this, in the scheme of things, right? And so some of it is just to say, the reason you have some of these other quieter practices is because they create that foundation that we were talking about last week. So, so great, Kathy. Thank you. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, you just, I know you, you're always reading like 53 books all at the same time. And I, that's one reason I love hanging out with you. Cause I just get smarter, just hanging out with you. And 
I always learn a new word or three. And um, I know you just had your book club about cast. And I feel like that's such an important thing to talk about. So talk to me about that. It's, it's uh, the group that I'm doing it with. Um, they're all coaches and it's a very diverse group. So we're getting, it's, a, it's an incredible experience to hear firsthand accounts of how people have experienced caste in America. And all of us can experience it to one degree or another, depending on where we come from, if we're from sort of, sort of the dominant class or not. But some of it is really insidious and it's wired in. And so there are certain pressures that are put on certain groups to behave in a way to make us feel more comfortable. So one of the things we're talking about today are some of the recent shootings. And the fact that um, oftentimes black communities are, there's kind of a pressure to forgive the oppressor, which is fine. The concept of forgiveness, the whole thing about this, the concept of forgiveness is a powerful one. And it's very important work. Very important. It's, um, I know you've done a lot of that work. I've done a lot of that work. Um, at the same time, there's a time when that's appropriate to do. And so we, they were talking about the examples of people who just basically stormed into someone's apartment and killed somebody. And then at the end, when the person was convicted, the, the black family going up and giving them a hug, the judge who was black giving them a hug. And again, the idea of that is okay, except for the fact that you don't see that in a case where a white murderer, I mean, a, a, a black murderer is convicted. You see a bunch of white people running up to them and saying, yeah, we forgive you, we forgive you. So it's your, you're expecting things from one group of people that are not expected by the other people. And the fact that the way we have this system, the caste system in our country, is that it's killing us. It's literally killing us. Because what they've done all kinds of studies talking about what happens with the release of cortisol the anxiety. And the author of this book, Isabel Wilkerson, talks about her travels, her air travels, as a black woman, corresponded at the time, I think, for the New York Times, and often flying in first class, and the way she has been treated in first class. And this is within the last 10 years. You know, and so it's, it's really important for us to get an awareness of people as individuals, um, and to start to have these more difficult conversations or, or even just to recognize when we're doing something that is, is actually, that's actually sort of unconscious, like our unconscious bias. Conscious bias. Yeah. And I, I'm so, I hope that we always talk about this because this is, you know, this is just like, you don't just talk to your kids about drugs once. You don't just check that box. It's an ongoing conversation. And I want to keep having ongoing conversations about racial injustice. And um, as I continue to educate myself and others and bring along people, you know, it's one of the reasons we want to talk about this too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like such a tough book, but also really important. Well, and it's, you know, um, and the commentary from um, the black women in the group in particular about the idea of forgiveness is that there's pressure to do it because if you don't, then you're the angry black woman. Then you are, then you are pushed into a stereotype. 
And as women, you and I can both relate to what that's like too, in a, in a sense of the sort of the, the list we go through as women in the workplace, even though we're white women, there's still a list you go through, which is just sort of like, is that comment because I'm a woman or is actually a legitimate comment about my work and the work that I need to be doing? And we know what it's like to have great ideas and not be heard and to have tried any number of ways to make ourselves heard within an organization. And, um, and it's hard. It's, it's, it's awful to not be listened to, to not be heard. And it's not that hard to listen to people. What? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I was, what were you saying? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's, it is, it's not that hard. And, and, you know, in my keynote on uh, communication, they, one of the things I talk about is people think that they've communicated, but a true communicator checks to see how what they said landed. And a, a, real, a true master actually listens way more than they speak. Now, obviously, that's something I will probably be working on for the rest of my life. I think me too. <laughs> I, I do love to talk and that's how I process, that's how I connect. But I've also, I'm so grateful that I've, I've done some work on my listening. I've taken communication courses and continue to, um, you know, work on, that's an ongoing thing for me. And, um, but yeah, such great points. Thank you. And then, you know, I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring in a little fun, if I may. So I, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so busy. I've been literally Zooming from like seven in the morning, sometimes till eight at night with a few short breaks. I'm really working on sitting up and not hunching. Thank you. Because Kathy always has such beautiful posture. So I'm aspiring because I have these weird habits of like, you know, I want to hunch. I want to, and I did that with comedy, but I'm not doing stand up right now. So I've been actively really working on that, which is fascinating and horrible, my posture habits. So definitely been incorporating more yoga. Thank you. But my point in telling you all this was I started watching Drunk History. <gasps> Love that show. I'm a history buff. I'm a total geek. And at first I was irritated because I'm sober maybe. And I was like, these people are slurring. But I've, I've been able to like be with it. Anyway, I... Some of it, I think, is hilarious. Some of it's just interesting and intriguing. I like that they're talking about some lesser-known stories that I feel like we need to hear. But the one I wanted to talk about today was Elizabeth Krebs. I think this is so brilliant. So she's like, I don't know, in on the East Coast, I want to say Massachusetts, somewhere. It's like 1910, 1911, and Halloween... Hallow's Eve used to be this sort of night of mischief for the teenagers in the town, the preteens and the teenagers. And so they would run around and they would like rip up people's gardens and throw outhouses over and pee everywhere and just, you know, just stupid vandalism stuff. Like nobody was dying, but it was just like not great. And then sometimes that can be a gateway for other behavior, but that's a different podcast. You know, anyway, so this woman came up with this whole idea. She, she was tired of her garden getting trashed. So she creates this huge big party with apples bobbing and all these things for the kids. And the first year they came and then they still trashed her garden. But the next year she made an even bigger party. She had like a band and a parade and created all this stuff and nobody did mischief. 
They were too tired. They were too distracted. And A, I just thought that was hilarious and perfect timing for our, you know, our podcast. B, I love it that a woman was like, hmm, how can I find a solution to this? Versus let's just lock them up, all these hoodlum, right? She found this solution. And then I also love that it was, she redirected, you know, and because I've often thought like, you know, kids at risk, why do kids get into drugs or, or whatever? Partly because they're bored, partly because maybe they don't have enough connection or support or love. And, and, you know, if they were given more alternatives, like the rats in the rat park, did I tell you that story? No, I don't think so. This is what I do on Friday nights sometimes as I wind down, which is so geeky, but I'll be reading articles. And I read this article about this scientist and they, they were studying rats in the seventies. And if they put, you know, they put them in these tiny little cages and the only thing they could do was hit the lever to get some morphine water. So if you were in a tiny cage and that's all you could do, hell yeah, I'd be like, you know, is that really measuring anything? So the scientist guy, I forget his name, but he was like, this is crazy. What if we gave them options? So he makes this beautiful rat park and he has like rat garbage and rat sand and rat ladies and cans. It's like heaven. It's a heavenly rat park with holes to dig and tunnels. And he gives rats a choice. And they all chose the rat park over the morphine water. And as someone who's been in recovery for 20 years, and I've, I've helped people get sober, and many people have helped me, uh, I was like, I love this article. So I wrote him, and I was like, oh, my God. And then he wrote me and was like, I'm a big fan of you, and I wish, wish I could remember his name. But I just thought about that, you know, if we could give people, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm on a mission to make the world work for everyone with nobody left out, you know, and we've got to create more economic opportunities for people like that. I feel like that's one reason we change things. We change the conversations. We talk about caste and racial injustice and we talk about, well, how can we make a world that works for everybody with nobody left out? So anyway, that was, that was sort of my Halloween tangent, but Elizabeth Krebs. That's hardly a tangent. You are bringing up so many important, important topics. And, it's, and I love what you said about redirect. It's redirecting energy because they've done studies with students in school. And even, even in this day and age, many of them are bored. Why is that? Because a lot of them are held to these very rigid standards of you're going to go to this college or... or you live in a food desert. You live in a place where there's, there's nothing to do. There are no, there are no programs or whatever. And um, this is, human beings like to be interested. They like to use their power for good when they can. It's just we've been so used to seeing people modeling power for bad. You know, using power to, you know, the way I look at it is there's like a recipe of, for like disinformation and false information is like, a tablespoon of truth and 12 cups of disinformation and misinformation and embellishment and some crazy story. And so um, what I love is your mission, Elaine. It's a beautiful one. And it's, it's, I think it's doable. And it's easy to say that it's not doable because you might be in a situation where you're like, oh my God, you people, 
you, you white women with your happy little things. Let me tell you something. I'm also a recovering addict. And, you know, it's, it, it's, you start to, you know, really learn to enjoy life when you start to be able to encounter who you are. Um, at first, it's a little frightening, but it's not, it's never as frightening as you think it's going to be. The thoughts that you have about how a thing is going to be are almost never worse than that, than the actual doing of it, than the actual conversation. I mean, I feel like all of our suffering is in that attachment and that the, you know, there's so much, the worry and the anxiety and, um, yeah. And, and I, I just got off the zoom call with somebody who told me they want to stop drinking and I feel so honored. They were like, I've never told anybody this before. And, um, you know, so I, I gave her suggestions and tips and tools and I'm, you know, going to try to make myself as available as possible. And, you know, and I shared a tiny snippet of my story, but I said, you know, I am the proudest of, of my sobriety so that I can show up for people like I was not capable of before. And right now people are going through some stuff. So I'm great. I'm grateful that I can be of service. And I think it's also important to, you know, sort of make, make the distinction between selfishness and self care. So self self care, we get them conflated a lot of times, I think. And if you have a garden, you want to weed the garden, right? You're going to rotate some of the crops. You're going to replant. You're going to, you know, do things along the way. If you have a garden, you don't tend to it. It gets overgrown and it's, it's, it's ugly. It doesn't serve anybody. And then any kind of work you have to do on it is an overhaul, right? So just the whole idea of self-care is tending your own garden. As simple as that. It's not selfish because when you're full, then you can share that fullness with other people. It's like that, um, somebody talks about that, like if you have a candle lit, you can light someone else's candle, you still got your candle, right? And it's still lit and someone else's candle is lit and someone else's candle is lit. And that's what you're talking about, Elaine, is that what you do with both your joy and your humor. Well, I love that, Kathy, and thank you, because um, you know, I just want to say this, if anybody's listening and they're like, self-care, <clears throat> like, I, I used to hate that word and like, I don't want to take a bubble bath for so many reasons. I won't even go into it. I'm not a bubble bath kind of person. So I have had to learn what is going to be nurturing for me. And you know what? I've gone to the wrong yoga classes. I have gone to the wrong workout things. I know what works for me. And yes, I stretch and push myself no matter what, but I just know some of those slow, airy, fairy, or it's not going to do it for me. No, you know, and right. Know yourself. Right. As, as Dan Harris was saying in his book, he's talking about like, oh my God, when people talk about meditation, it's like they're playing pan flutes in the background. And, you know, the thing is, is that um, you do need to do what's right for you. And there are lots of different ways. It can be running. It can be jogging. It can be washing the dishes mindfully. It can be sleeping. It can be getting really good at taking naps, you know, and it can also be hiking. And, and it can be different things for different days, you know, like one, one, you know, I'm, I'm recovering. I had tweaked my back and I'm sort of terrified of jogging again. So I've been doing hikes and walking fast and, um, 
the other day I woke up and I was like editing. It was like 5.30 in the morning and I could feel like, oh God. And I said, stop, stop. And I went and I did two planks. And, and in the past, this is somebody who used to work out for hours every day. And I was able to shift my energy and redirect everything from two planks. Now, do I need to do more to, more than that? Usually, yes. But I'm rebuilding and um, you know, I'm just really trying to be mindful about what I'm doing with my back because um, I, I want to be able to keep moving and doing yoga. I don't want to be a hunched over old lady, you know? So, um, yeah, such good points about the self-care. And, uh, and then I wanted to share this other awesome quote with you. My sponsor said this the other day. She said, the tyranny of our blessings. And I thought, oh my God, I love that phrase. Like, you know, and that be careful of what you wish for, right? So like, I'm so blessed that I'm so busy. I am so blessed. And I just have to manage things on a whole nother level. And, you know, and I, I, I don't want to complain because I feel like we work so hard to get these things. And then when we get them and we go, ah, you know. Well, and at the same time, Elaine, you're still, you might be burning the candle at both ends. That can happen sometimes, right? That's the still human part. And so it's not necessarily, it's not, you may not be complaining. You might just be saying, oh, I need a breather here, or I need a bio break, or I need, you know, <laughs> whatever that, whatever that is. The word for, I had a pee. I had a pee. Which of course I used to tell my mother, like until I was like 15. And finally she said, would you stop telling me this? I have no idea what happened in my childhood, but um, it's got to be something pretty bad. But, you know, it was like, hi, mom, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, she's sitting at a table with her friends, and I'm 15 years old. I mean, there's a lot you can do with that story. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy has a great story, but we won't go into that today. But, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and the tyranny, you know, we can take anything and make it tyrannical. We can say, let's be positive, but then we can have tyrannical positivity, which is like, why the long phase? Come on, cheer up. Right? And it's so fake. When people, when I would walk around New York City and sometimes, you know, I'd be thinking about my audition or like, oh my God, I have to do this. And, you know, I'd be thinking, and I can't tell you how many men would come up to me and say, smile, honey, it's not that bad. And I'm, I'm sure... Some of them meant well, but I'm so proud that I didn't hit them because I wanted, I wanted to hit them. Like, you know, like I am not here just to be a pretty face to cheer you up, sir, which is, you know, and maybe that's not what they were saying, but sometimes that was implied. So, um, but see, I was through their lens, what you mean to me and what you're doing. And this is, it's a, in some ways it's a form of control, you know, it's like what, you know, and, uh, Anyway, yeah, there are thousands of stories. I had an interaction with a narcissistic pharmacistic. I, I mean, a narcissist pharmacist um, this week. What, yes, which, which was really insane because you feel like you were slimed. And what you realize, and, and then finally you realize what happened and the amount of control that someone like that wants to have and the way they want you to pay attention and the way they want to control and direct every movement. I'm telling you, I'm so grateful that I realized what it was, but I still felt slimed. You know, you feel this. Have you ever been, it's like you were saying earlier, you can walk into a room and drain it of its happiness, right? If you have that, you have that power. 
if you aren't listening to your audience, you can go on and, and tell really bad, uncomfortable jokes and the audience is not with you and they're all like, uh, can I leave now? Um, if they're polite and if they're not, then they heckle. Um, we have that power and it's interesting to watch how people wield that. Yeah, good, good point. Juicy, juicy stuff. So what do you, um, what are your, do you have any words of wisdom um, leading up to the election? How are you going to stay sane? What are you doing with your clients? So um, a lot of it is sort of a counter balance. So when everything is super loud, I balance it with things that are super quiet to kind of bring it back into alignment. And I have doubled my meditation. Now that doesn't mean medication. What? Oh. <laughs> well, the reason I'm doing that is because I don't want to double my medication. So <laughs> I am an American after all. So I do have medication. Um, don't we all right? It's so true. You know, so um, so just, you know, doing that and um, exercising a little bit more than I used to. I make appointments now, so it's on my calendar. So I try to, I try to um, redirect the energy to, oh, this is exciting. I have an appointment with myself down in the, you know, down on the treadmill, you know, and um, doing a set of Tai Chi, just some things that, I, that, I've, that I've learned over the years. And then just joy you know what is, what are moments of joy which i'm really carrying with me for me that's a cup of coffee as simple as that being able to sip a really good cup of coffee and just take the five minutes and give yourself the gift to enjoy that and again if you're like if this is like bubble baths to you don't take my advice we're not trying to advise you <laughs> because I can just see Elaine, like, why would I take a bubble bath? Like, I just wouldn't. That's just not me. I feel like you need bonbons and, you know, someone doing your nails in, while you're in the tub. It just conjures up something so messy and difficult. <laughs> I think it would be hard to eat bonbons in a bubble bath and get your nails done all at the same time. I think that would actually stress me out way more. But, um, no, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think that's part of like what finding out what works for you and, and work and like some days I need, yeah, I need to meditate three times and pray. And maybe I need to work out twice. Maybe I need to do a 20 minute yoga thing and then go for a hike later. Like, you know, it just, it depends, but learning, learning what I need, that's been such a journey and I'm, I'm still on it. So, you know, when you a redirect of energy. So if you're in an office, when the phone rings, let it remind you to um, take a full breath, to sit up, use it, use, use things that are around you. Take a walk around the block. The company will not fall apart in the time that you walked around the block. You think it will. It, I know for many years, I was pretty sure that the 200 year old company I was working for was going to go out of business if I went on vacation. And you know what? It never did, Elaine. They stayed in business anyway. But yeah. 200 years. That's a long time. Where's Kathy Keegan? Where's Kathy Keegan? Oh my God. So yeah, you know, one thing that I'm doing too is um, I'm watching because if I, I can't watch a whole movie cause I'll just, it's just too much of a break for me, but I will watch like funny animal videos. And to me that's fun because animals are just so truthful and, um, you know, and th there's some silly ones on there. So I, you know, I'm just a huge fan of like, take a silly break, go watch, 
I've been watching Dave Chappelle and he is just so insightful, you know, and I, I came to, to know his work later than most people. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just get totally into one comic and I'll just try to watch like everything they have on YouTube in little pieces as, as like my treat. So that's, that's one of the things I do. That's a great thing to do. And it's, it's pretty widely available. Yeah, it is. So, um, well, cool. Well, Kathy, can I, um, do you have anything you want to promote? Anything going on? What I, what I want to promote is that um, you can give yourself the gift of being heard, of being listened to by working with a coach. And both Elaine and I do that. And we do them, we do the work that we do is, is somewhat similar. Um, mine is a little more focused on the workplace and eliminating, reducing needless workplace suffering. And what Elaine does is help you get to your true story, the story beneath the story, and to be able to really share that with the world in a way that isn't gimmicky, that isn't the tyranny of my story, that it's just really who you are. And these are things that help strengthen people. No one's getting heard right now, or it's hard. It's hard to get heard unless you know to do it. Um, so that would be my plug, and I can be reached at kathykeegan.com, and Elaine can be reached at captivatethecrowd.com. And, um, and, and I just want to send everybody really, really good wishes. I want to send you really good energy for Election Day and thereafter. And we're just so excited you're here. I'm just so grateful that you're listening. We just, we just really appreciate it a lot. We made it to the end, so big, big, big hugs virtually. Thank you so much for the plug. I, I'm also doing, I'm doing a masterclass the third Wednesday in every month at 4 p.m. Eastern. 4 p.m. Eastern. Come learn what not to do on video, and then I'm going to teach you what to do. So it, and it'll be fun because why not? You got to make it fun. Almost all, virtually everything you do with Elaine is fun. That's, it's just, it's, it's fun. You will laugh and you might fart, but that's okay. <laughs> well, and with that, I think with what a great note to end on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Yay, you made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time. <laughs>